0: Hello and welcome to The Platform Podcast hosted by Marketplace Risk Advisory Board Chair El Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on all things startups. The Platform Podcast features conversations with founders, operators, and experts tackling a myriad of topics facing the marketplace and sharing economy startup ecosystem. Please note this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not professional advice. For specific issues, please seek an appropriate professional or contact us at info at for more information. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Elle.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Platform Podcast. Today, I am very pleased to welcome Roger Kaiser, who is Head of Safety at Uber. And Roger is also a new member of our advisory board here at Marketplace Risk. And will be joining us in San Francisco next month as a speaker. So, Roger, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you, Al. It is great to be here.
1: Now, you have a very exciting job title, Head of Safety at Uber. And I'm sure that my listeners are dying to hear what that is all about. But first of all, what I love hearing about from people who work in this space is how they got into it. Because I think we've, we've said this before on the podcast, people don't tend to have an epiphany aged 15 or 16 when they're choosing their school subjects and, and decide they want to work in, in uh, trust and safety or, or with marketplaces, mainly because th- these sorts of roles weren't even available back then. So tell me a bit about your journey and how, how you came into this role and how it was maybe what you expected or, or not, not at all.
2: Sure. Uh, so I, I think probably like most in this space, uh, you know, if I go back to college 20 years ago, I, I don't I don't remember the, you know, I want to be in the trust and safety space is as, as sort of being a, a, a headline I, I looked up at the time. But I, I ended up um, after graduating college spending about 10 years in federal law enforcement uh, for the U.S. government. Um, And I spent 10 years uh, investigating felony-level crimes uh, for the United States Air Force um, as a civilian agent with them. Um, It it was an amazing opportunity. It it got me the opportunity to travel all over the world. Um, And after doing that for about 10 years, I started looking for my next opportunity And uh, one of those that really jumped out at me was this new company that was in this uh, uh, new sharing economy and this this ride sharing space and uh, 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 applied for a job on the security department uh, at Uber Technologies. And that was back in uh, 2014. Um, I spent some time uh, at, at a couple different departments here at Uber. Um, so I spent some time uh, working on how we build relationships with law enforcement and uh, started getting some exposure to the type of things that we would see on our platform, on um, the type of incidents that we would see. Um, I then moved over into customer support and uh, really got deep into building out how we think about responding to those same types of incidents, so how you think about the support side experience for um, you know, people that have been in, in a car crash or that have been in an interpersonal conflict uh, with somebody else on the platform. And I did that for about four and a half, five years. And in uh, the past year and a half or so, I've moved over just to the more uh, uh, sort of preventative side of the house, which is how we think more writ large about trust and safety overall, reducing incidents long term, um, and uh, just trying to make the platform safer for everybody involved.
1: And so, the skills that you learned in this first stage of your career, I um, mean, there must have been many of them that were very transferable, very useful, um, when when it came to making that pivot and moving into the world of the sharing economy, but you know, can you talk me through which really, I suppose, have been the most applicable? Um, Because obviously, your, you know, your CV is is very interesting, but some might think that that was, you know, something very, very different and very different environment to be working in.
2: Yeah, you know, it was surprisingly applicable, I think, um, is what I've learned over time. And and I certainly couldn't have foreseen going from from that world to this one. Um, But, uh, you know, so, when you are uh, doing fel- felony level investigations um, for for a government, um, of course, you spend your time seeing just some of the worst things that are out there. And you find yourself learning how to really, at its core, help people solve some really, really tough problems. Um, so people come to you, something really bad has happened in their life, um, and your job is to, to help bring accountability to help in, you know, in that job, it's to help bring justice. And it's really helped to find all the facts um, and get to the bottom of, of, of what happened and ultimately help hold somebody accountable for their actions. Um, so, you know, I spent 10 years doing that. And uh, when I got to Uber, um, one, of the, one of the skills that I had was I knew how to investigate. I knew how to Um, Talk to somebody who had been through a really traumatic life experience, how to meet them on their level as best as you can, which is is a very difficult thing to do, Um, how to uh, uh, get as much information as you can, how to empathetically do that, um, and then how to pursue those leads and then go figure out um, what really happened here um and uh those skills transferred quite well into the space of trust and safety that sort of critical thinking and problem solving when you don't have all of the information you don't have all of the facts at the beginning of, of um of a uh report and sort of seeing it through to uh, conclusion and then holding somebody accountable getting them out of the community or getting them out of uh getting them off the platform in our case mm-hmm.
1: and i mean at that point uh, 8 years ago uber was um still in, in its reasonably early stages, as was the sharing economy, um, not many people would necessarily even have, um, particularly in the UK, I think, and beyond, um, even understood what that term meant. Did you know much about the sharing economy and the, the importance of that um, safety surrounding the, the sort of peer-to-peer transaction on a platform, or was this all really kind of brand new to you?
2: Uh, it was all brand new. I, I, I would love to be able to tell you that I you know saw all of this coming, um, <laughs> but I didn't. I, I think the the reality was I had sort of hit a point where I was ready for a, a transition into um, the, the private sector. And uh, Uber was uh, a company that I'd been aware of because I'd, I'd used the product. And I, I pushed a button and got, got a ride in uh, uh, Washington, D.C. one day in, in 2013 and just sort of fell in love with the experience of it. Um, I knew someone at the time that worked at Uber, so I started talking with him. He plugged me into the security org. I did some interviews and thought, "This is the kind of place I want to work." Um, and sort of, sort of took that leap, left government, joined Uber, and within about six months realized that, you know, anything that can happen, you know, on a street corner or in the public sphere. It can also happen in an Uber, you know, you're taking two people, you're putting them together in this metal box and it's going 50 miles an hour down the road. And so things that can happen in the real world, of course, they can happen in an Uber. Um, we're not, we're not uh, a technology company like that per se, because at the end of the day, there are two people meeting and they're interacting and they have high expectations for our involvement and us uh, keeping them as safe as possible. And so um, it just became, uh, it was very obvious to me very early on, all of these issues that we were starting to see and so many more that um, I knew was coming based upon my experience. And uh, I just really found a space and a niche that I could start uh, carving out and, and, and offering value and helping this company transition into a more mature model.
1: It's very interesting, isn't it, the way that these tech platforms, these tech companies do create that connection between people online but then they can take that and and, and make a real connection uh, you know uh, in you know in real life and that very human connection connection and interaction and you've you know also got the you know there's two sides of it and I think that when people think in terms of technology and the trust and safety around a tech platform they overlook the fact that actually quite often there's a connection in real life which must make it very challenging for for um, you know for somebody in, in your role to actually look at both sides of that.
2: It, it does and, and, and that's you know it's by design, right? That it's the whole business model is uh, yes. We have this amazing technology, and it makes this incredibly efficient marketplace where you know you need a ride from A to B, or you know you're looking for some food because it's dinner time, and we're able to connect you with another human or several other people out there that are willing to provide that service right now in this moment. And that service requires them to show up at your door. Um, and either hand you some food or you climb into the backseat of their car and off you go. And, um, you know, the, the, that interaction is at its core. You know, that's why we have a business. Um, yeah. The technology just powers and enables it. And, um, and, and those human interactions, you know, as, as you're well aware, and as the audience uh, for this podcast are well aware, uh, that human interaction is unfortunately, that's where those things can start to go wrong. Certainly at scale.
1: Mm-hmm. So tell me a bit about your uh, typical day is probably not really the, the right way to ask, because I know that it will probably be very varied for you. But tell me a bit about your role and what, what you actually do.
2: Sure. So uh, I, I would say uh, the way that I would describe the job and, and the, the team's job overall at Uber um, is we sort of have three big mandates that we think about. One is, of course, the job is to keep our customers safe. And when I say customers, I mean everybody who interacts with the platform. So you know, people that spend money on the platform, people that earn uh, money uh, uh, through the platform, um, the entire ecosystem. So the job is to do what we can to keep people safe, to ident- identify and understand the risks that are, that are inherent, and um, do everything that we can to get those risks out and to mitigate them, and also to be transparent about them so that people can also make decisions in, in, help keep themselves safe in those moments as well. The second part of the job, uh, we think of it as sort of inspiring trust in all the ways that we think about mitigating those risks. So um, you you can have lots of different controls that reduce risk from the platform and and make it safer, Um, but if you're not thoughtful about those types of controls, if, if, if you don't ensure that they're effective and fit for purpose. You can remove people that don't deserve to be removed or, you know, hold somebody accountable for something they didn't do. Um, And, you know, there's all sorts of, you know, bad outcomes that can happen uh, by making mistakes in this space. And then thirdly, we think about the job as driving accountability in our industry and internally in the company. So this is, you know, internally making sure that Um, senior leaders understand what the risks are. They understand what the incident rates are and the type of issues that we're seeing, Um, and that they understand how to best make decisions to manage those and and, and mitigate those and support all of our customers. And then externally, we think a lot about how do we as Uber, a, 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 a very large global organization, how do we help lead the way on what right looks like here? How do we help turn on the lights? How do we um, make it so that there's really no place to hide in the space of, um, you know, interpersonal conflict and sexual assault on our platform and on any platform out there, and um, help other companies that um, you know are, are in a similar space as ours figure out creative solutions to this and work together to solve them.
1: And you must have seen in that eight-year period uh, a real change, um, presumably, in some of the challenges that you've faced and some of the sort of structure and organization of of what you're actually doing. And uh, how different is it now to be working in the role you are to when you joined the company in that very early um, stage of it?
2: I I think that... um you know, over the years we have clearly matured and evolved. We've invested more money. We've hired more just incredibly uh, talented and and, uh, um, uh, creative people to help solve and tackle this problem. Uh, I I think that it's been, it's certainly been a journey um, and I'm quite proud and everyone I work with, um, I don't want to speak for them, but I get the sense that they are all quite proud uh, that we work at a company that is willing to stand up for safety and, and stand up and do the right thing in, the, in these moments. Um, I think that over the past eight years that I've been here, and it, you know, it's been at varying levels within the organization, one thing that I've been most impressed with over the years is when senior leaders finally get in front of them, the scope and the breadth of the problems that we see i have actually never seen a leader at Uber sort of equivocate on doing the right thing and, and figuring out what the right investment is to solve the problem and, and do what we can to make it better. And that's been, a, 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 for me, a very rewarding experience here. And these can be really, really tough decisions uh, at the end of the day that you have to make really tough calls on how do you best improve safe outcomes on the platform? How do you best empower customers to make decisions um, that improve their own safety. Um, those can be really, really tough things to to do on a day in and day out basis.
1: It's really interesting, isn't it, the way that these new platforms created an entirely different way for us to do so many different things to travel to you know to stay in each other's houses, to you know to do all the things that sharing economy and the gig economy allow us to do. but in a way, they came in so fast and so excitingly that, you know, it was always going to be that the regulation and the actual sort of structure around it was going to take a bit longer to catch up. And that in a way that there were going to have to be mistakes made before we could understand what type of mistakes would be made. Do you think that that process in a way is ongoing and will always be evolving and we've always got to, you know, keep an eye on what we need to do to make platforms safe. Or do you think we've reached a point where we can sort of say, okay, we get what we're doing now? Um
2: I think unfortunately you never quite get to the end of the of the path in this space, right? You know, there's always sort of a, a new risk around the corner that you haven't quite figured out or identified yet. Um, But I I, I think for those of us in in the profession, that's sort of part of what keeps us here. You know, it's the sort of it's the it's the the new and the next unknown that's coming around the corner. And and you can be very sure that um, you just can't really get comfortable here. Um, This isn't a a topic that sleeps. And uh, so I, I, I think that we've come a long way. Um, the regulatory environment is, of course, changing, and, and uh, we work closely with governments all around the world and, and regulators and legislators, um, and we do what we can to help them see the type of things that we're seeing, um, and so working with them. Um, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's just one of those spaces where you know you will constantly have to be improving it, constantly identifying new problems, and um, that's part of the excitement.
1: Yes, it is, and uh, I think, I suppose being in a position where you can help the industry evolve and improve as a whole, rather than just help your own company must be, you know, must be a good feeling.
2: Uh, it, it is. It's, um, it's, it's an empowering one, but it's also like, it's a, it's a little bit of a daunting one. You know, the, um, I, you know, the, when I sit down and, and talk with folks on the team and we, we work through some of these problems um, I'm generally pretty blown away with how humble folks are as they approach these. Like, we don't know what we don't know. Um, there, you know, this is the, we have access to a lot of information and data and experience here at Uber, but that's a, you know, for some respects, it's a very siloed experience. It's our experience. And so um, there's always a heavy push to figure out, okay, well, who are the experts in this space? Where are the advocacy groups that are, that are really, really good on this? How do you engage them, work with them? Who are the right other companies that are seeing this, that may be seeing a slightly different version? How do you reach out to them and talk with them, et cetera? Uh, and, I, and I think that is sort of part of the challenge and also part of the, the, the fun part of this is all of those people out there across this network that you get to work with, um, that you can reach out to, but also recognizing that like we all have sort of a piece of the answer or an understanding of what we're seeing and what's going on, but that together, we're stronger together.
1: And in terms of the gig, the gig and, and, and sharing economy yourself, obviously you live, um, you know, in, in, a, in a country, in an, an area of, the, of that country, which, you know, is, has been really early to adopt a lot of these um Types of apps and, and platforms, but do you explore that world outside? Um, you know the actual rideshare world and food delivery. Do you you know do you live the sharing economy as um you, you know outside of your job as well?
2: Sorry, do you mean like uh, elsewhere around the world, or well, like just really or just really in your day to day? Yeah.
1: Yeah, as a consumer, really, I think it's quite interesting when I hear um, about people who work for big, well-known sharing economy platforms and then find out that maybe, you know, they also use, you know, other types of sharing and gig platforms in other areas of their lives. Because it must be, you know, you must be able to come at it from a really interesting angle and explore what other people are doing as well and be an early adopter.
2: Definitely. So um, I, I don't know that anyone would ever accuse me of being an early adopter uh, <laughs> in my life. Uh, that being said, you know there are the gig economy brings with it all sorts of just like sort of at your fingertip convenience. Um, and I think the one that my my uh, uh, my wife and I use the most is uh, honestly it's, it's grocery delivery, which you know Uber is getting much more involved in lately. Uh, But we're a more recent entrant uh, into, you know, getting your groceries uh, delivered Mm. to your door. Um, And that's that's one of those areas that we've been heavy consumers with quite some time as we're starting a new family. You know, we both work. And so uh, uh, finding those moments where you can add a lot of efficiency to your day um, uh, is, is really quite valuable.
1: And do you see, I mean, do you think about what opportunities there are, especially in this sort of post-pandemic era, era for marketplaces um, in general? Um, it, you know, do you see innovation just continuing to happen in this space? Because, I mean, from my point of view, sometimes I'll, I'll see a, a new idea for a sharing app or platform pop up, and I'll think, gosh, how did nobody think of that before? Because it's almost staring you in the face. And yet, you know, it's just the, the innovation is so exciting. And I, I just wonder sometimes, you know, what opportunities you see out there for for companies who are just maybe starting out in this space.
2: Sure. Well, I look. I think that, um, we, you know, we all have this just amazing technology at our fingertips these days. And, you know, there 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 is there continues to be opportunity, I think, in how you can connect with somebody, they can provide value to you very, very quickly um, without maybe having to come to your house, come to your door, an area that I don't know if I've seen a lot of innovation in this space. And to be fair, I don't know if the scale warrants it, but I'm sure somebody out there will uh, either prove me wrong or will figure it out. Um, I mean, you can think of even doing consultations for things that we today think of as like you have to be present. So like, you you know, electricity and plumbing and HVAC. But generally, all of those things start with a an eyes on assessment of what's the problem and do you need someone to come to your door and help you and assist you. So I think even with that example, like there are all sorts of these opportunities where, you know, if you don't have these requisite skills, having someone drive all the way out to your house and, you know, take a look at something uh, that you think is, is, has gone wrong is um, time-consuming. It's an expensive mm-hmm. consult, and you can sort of think of how you can chip away at those types of experience, speed them up, make them cheaper, make them faster, um, and just you know make it yeah. easier for everybody.
1: Yeah, there's so many areas that, you know, still need to be disrupted that we do things in quite an old fashioned way without really thinking about it. And what I love about Uber is that, you know, it's become a a kind of a a verb used in in business uh, speak. Uberization of something, you know, does mean that kind of on demand, doesn't it? Um, Which is fantastic. I mean, how brilliant to be um, to, to have your company name turned into a verb like that.
2: It certainly makes you feel very fortunate, um, you know, to, to to make it to a spot where uh, uh, people think of you like that, you know, like a Xerox or a Kleenex, uh, if you will. Yes,
1: or, or Hoover uh, in the UK, which you don't see. Or Hoover. See. Yes. <laughs> um, we have a, the pleasure of you speaking in a couple of weeks in San Francisco on um, safety, obviously. Um, and you, I believe, are co-presenting with a um, speaker from Airbnb, which we're really looking forward to. Um, I think the session title is about how to create businesses and cultures that prioritise safety. So it's going to be a fantastic session that's on Tuesday, the 17th of may so that is upcoming we really look forward to seeing you in person there and do do um obviously you know um take the chance to network with some of the people that may have listened to this podcast prior to the event and you know welcome to the advisory board as well we're really really happy to have uber um involved and as a sponsor at the upcoming event and it's really exciting to talk to you today roger and hear a bit more about what goes on behind the scenes
2: well, thank you so much, Al. Um, it's my pleasure and really looking forward to, to getting more involved with uh, Marketplace Risk and uh, yeah, looking forward to the conference coming up next month.
1: See you then, Roger.
2: Thank you. All right. Bye, El. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. Be sure to check us out at MarketplaceRisk.com for information and resources to help startups launch, grow and succeed. And follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk to stay up to date on all of our conferences, summits, virtual events, and more.